what is top in your mind when it comes to eating? So what are we having for dinner? Is it rice, pasta, or bread? Because that's basically what I lived on. Uh, so I must be honest, it was a very challenging time. Um, in the past, we used to have this adage of you eat for two, and we know that that is not necessary. You know, that you don't need equivalent of two persons' calories. No. It's, you know, you've got to just eat what your body's craving. If you can't stomach a whole bowl of veggies, which I couldn't, I didn't often feel hungry. Because I think that's something that also really worried me was, you know, I'm not having enough protein. We know that when the protein um, levels drop in a mom's diet, she can be at risk of kind of early placenta decline, which is not so great because that will could induce a early delivery or a baby that's not growing adequately. Am I giving my baby enough nutrition when you are feeling that nausea and that sort of thing? And I think, you know, just from a professional point of view, what is really comforting to know is that the body almost knows that. everyone today we're at let's talk baby and i'm kath mcgall i'm a pediatric dietitian joined again by sammy hammond she's a speech pathologist specializing in pediatric feeding therapy hi sammy hi kath so nice to see you again yeah and you thank you so just remind us whereabouts how far are you in your pregnancy so I am currently 23 weeks with my with a little girl, our first our first baby. Oh, that's so exciting. So today I'm really looking forward to our chat today because we're going to talk about nutrition during pregnancy, which um, can be quite a difficult thing for, you know, yeah. mom, new moms and to navigate. And there's also so much information out there and mm. always not sure what, you know, what information is good information, what isn't. And, um, and then you've also obviously got all the hormones and you obviously through your first trimester of pregnancy. Mm. So you passed that stage, maybe Thank just briefly, <laughs> <laughs> maybe just briefly give us a little bit of that first trimester before we go into kind of the next phase where you are. Um, just how did you navigate the feelings of nausea and were you nauseous mm. during that time? And how did you manage your nutrition in that time? Yeah, so I must be honest, it was a very challenging time just because I have the knowledge of nutrition and I know what I should be getting. And and during that time, I wasn't getting pretty much any of it, <laughs> any of the good, good nutrition, which was stressful because I, I kind of kept thinking to myself, well, what am I giving my baby um, if I can't get in any of the, the good nutritious food that I know I'm supposed to be having? Um, I was lucky in that I wasn't ever physically sick. So I, I was nauseous and um, the nausea for me hit the worst at night. So I found that I could get a really good, decent breakfast in. So I think that's where I put my focus was, okay, let me try and get as much nutrients in that I can during breakfast. Lunch was okay. Um, it started to then set in there. So it was a bit of a touch and go. And then dinners was an absolute write-off. I remember my husband saying to me, so what are we having for dinner? Is it rice, pasta or bread? Because that's <laughs> basically what I lived on. And um, I think I actually had a, a, a chat to, to my mom about it. And I said, Jeepers, I don't think that 
you know, is this even good that I'm just living on like potatoes and, you know, bland, really not nutritionally dense foods. And she just said to me, you know, you've got to just eat what your body's craving. If you mm. can't stomach a whole bowl of veggies, which I couldn't, then you've just got to listen to your body because otherwise that's just going to make you feel worse, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a bit of a mindset change for me because I thought, you know, I had to kind of say, well, I'm just going to eat what I can. Obviously a, a big thing was I, I didn't often feel hungry. So that was also important to me was to try and keep meals. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I was very cognizant of, of skipping meals. I didn't want to do that. So even if I had my toast with butter, um, at least it was something. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think it was difficult because the nausea was bad. Um, it, it, it was no joke. Um, and I was working full time. So, so um, yeah, it was also challenging. You know, you don't really, nobody really knows you're pregnant. You're feeling really horrible. Um, you're quite tired. So my main symptoms were, were the nausea and then just a little bit of fatigue. Um, I think if I compare to to friends and colleagues that have been pregnant, I feel like I came off quite lightly um, compared to some of them. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a real challenge. And luckily for me, um, around the start of my second trimester, I started to... Um, to to really be able to start eating normally again, which I was super thankful for because I know a lot of women in pregnancy struggle for, struggle for quite a while that they go on with mm-hmm. um, aversions um, or nausea or vomiting. So mm-hmm. I think I did come off lightly. It was horrible, but, it, it, you know, I got through it. <laughs> Shame. Yeah, I do remember you rec- recalling some of those moments to me. And you know what? I think what, what you mentioned, which I think is so resonant of so many moms out there, is that the feeling of, am I giving my baby enough nutrition when you are feeling that nausea and that sort of thing? And I think, you know, just from a professional point of view, what is really comforting to know is that the body almost knows that. And in the first trimester, your baby lives primarily off the yolk sac. So it actually has most of its nutrition already on board. And so the nutrition is more for the mom during that time, which is super important, but it's Mm. not really putting your baby at extreme harm if you're struggling to take in the ideal meal plan um, in a day. And that is also quite comforting, I think, you know, for a lot of moms out there who who really do struggle. And I love the advice your mom gave, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, listen to your body. Um, And then also, I think being cognizant of trying to eat regularly because we know Mm. that a lot of pregnancy nausea is due to low blood sugar blood sugar and so if you can keep that blood sugar up then it's really helpful just to manage the extra nausea symptoms and kind of doing as your mom said whatever that takes to keep that blood sugar going is really helpful knowing that your baby is largely protected and I think the most important nutrient is your folic acid which mm-hmm. you know is is known and and people you know in care generally are taking that even prior to falling pregnant moms know that when they want to fall pregnant they need to start taking it so folic acid being the most important and I often even mm-hmm. say to moms you don't even need to take any of your other prenatal supplements during your first trimester because they can actually make you more nauseous and with yeah. all the vitamin b's and the omegas and that that you can wait until this next season which is now our next kind of area that we're going to chat about is now at this 23 week mark what are some of the 
the nutritional ideas that you are kind of thinking about and what is top in your mind when it comes to eating now that you're feeling better and -hmm. you're looking at, um, yeah, what do you eat? So what's like a typical day of eating in Sammy's life? <laughs> <laughs> so now I think I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to make up for that um, first trimester lack of nutrition. Um, because I don't have any aversions now, I can pretty much eat anything. I try and um, keep as balanced of, of meals as I can. Um, so I do look at the sort of like nutrient content and be like, you know, have I had some fruit in this today or have I got some fruit or veg in this meal? Um, the nature of my work makes it quite difficult because I'm obviously, I'm often eating on the go. Um, so what I try and do is then just pack a little lunchbox that I've got some fruit and a little fruit and nut bar. So um, I don't, especially for lunch, uh, get really nice, um, not full meals, but it's often like not snacky stuff, but like quick, easy things, you know. So then I'll make myself like a seeded roll and I'll put on, um, and I always think to myself, okay, have I got a, a dairy? Have I got a veg? What is my healthy carb? So I'm looking more like holistically at my meals and making sure I'm ticking all those um, nutrient boxes. Um, something that was big for me is I couldn't have any any form of meat in my, um, uh, or, or not protein, because I guess protein comes in other forms, but more meat protein I couldn't have in my first trimester. I just couldn't stuck, stomach it. So I'm also being quite cognizant of my protein um, intake at this stage, because I think that's something that also really worried me was, you know, I'm not having enough protein. And I know protein such an important nutrient. Um, so that's something that I've also been trying to focus a lot on is getting more protein in um which is also more challenging than than you think you know without doing like Mm -hmm. a protein shake or all that type of a thing so um I think it's yeah it's just been frequent meals so especially being on the go having my nachi or fruit in my my bag so while I'm driving between hospitals or between patients um to to have something quickly so that like you said you know maintaining your blood sugar is very important and I can feel when I'm going into a like a blood sugar drop um because I naturally you know can do and so even more so now in pregnancy I'm being cognizant that I don't get into that um cycle where I've left myself too long without having something because it's so busy and then um I have that blood sugar drop and and start feeling actually quite terrible Mm. so yeah I'd say it's 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 the content of my meals that I'm focusing on and then also the frequency of of meals trying to keep it as frequent as possible Okay, that's yeah, I love that. And I, I love that you kind of are looking at okay, what I didn't have in that first trimester. And like mm-hmm. I say, that's largely actually for your body to replenish from the first mm-hmm. trimester. However, now your baby is starting to rely on the nutrients that you are eating. So it does become really important, as you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I think that again, the frequency of eating um is so important because you are constantly feeding this little human um mm. in the past we used to you know had this adage of you eat for two and we know that mm. that is not necessary you know that you don't need equivalent of two persons calories yeah. um and so uh, you, you want adequate weight gain but you don't want excessive weight gain because it's not mm. healthy for you obviously as a mom or for your baby 
to have mm-hmm. that excessive amount of calories, which your body often converts just into a lot of glucose. So, but what is so important, I love that you mentioned protein because mm-hmm. protein is what feeds your placenta, which is obviously what your baby is going to thrive on. So we know that when the protein um, levels drop in a mom's diet, she can be at risk of kind of early placenta decline, which is not so great because that will could induce uh, early delivery or a baby that's not growing adequately. So let's talk about some fun elements with regards to um, pregnancy nutrition and, and the benefits that we now know. And this also in your field of pediatric feed-in therapy is obviously mm-hmm. so important, is that the foods that you are tasting and trying and eating as your baby grows and as you move from the second trimester into your third trimester, your baby's going to start swallowing that amniotic fluid. And as she does that, she's going to start experiencing these flavors. So, mm-hmm. so what sort of foods are you going to be very aware, knowing, you know, kind of what potential <laughs> feeding therapy issues are around that you would like to include in your diet just to expose your little girl to that? Yeah, yeah. I love that because I, I, when I was in that first trimester and living on um, the bread, the pasta and the potatoes, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a child that's just going to eat the typical bland food diet that I work with so many kids on and my child's going to live on that because this is all I'm having. Um, so luckily, I think I would stress a lot more if that was all I was having the rest of my pregnancy. But um yeah, I think I think the 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 thing is is it's all about variety. So again, I think to myself, um, you know, she's getting what I'm eating and she's tasting what I'm eating, and and like you said, there's a lot of studies about that and the sort of exposure that our um, babies get in utero to what we're eating. Um, and so I think I've I've really tried to to think variety when I'm eating now. Um, so also from a flavor perspective, you know, not just um, eating plain veggies or, um, you know, something not, not necessarily bland, but I'm trying to do a lot more like flavorsome foods. Um, trying, I'm not a big curry eater, but like, you know, exposing her to curry. So I think it's all about exposure because I just think to myself, okay, well, if she's getting it now, then hopefully when she's, um, here with us and starting weaning and, you know, starting on solids, she'll be used to these flavors and these tastes and, you know, maybe be quite, um, uh, intrigued by them because it's something that she's like, oh, okay, I, I remember my mom ate this in, <laughs> when I was in her tummy. Um, so yeah, just just uh, I think in our family because it's it's so busy, we often stick to like those are our meals, you know. Like we'll have a burger or we'll have a um, a pasta, and and I think we can sometimes lack variety. So I'll. I'll weekly meals can be kind of like on repeat you know like a spaghetti bolognese or something Mm -hmm. so um I think it's also just been like okay well let me just try and expose it to things that maybe I don't normally eat but um that's that's just different and uh all for with the aim of building like a a a, um, diverse flavor profile for her Mm -hmm. um So I think it's, yeah, it's just being cognizant of that, which is not always easy um, because life happens and you just carry on and you kind of stick Mm -hmm. to your default, same, same easy meals. Um, 
So yeah, it's trying to get a little bit more creative in the kitchen, which I'm not very good at. So this is a good way to force me to become better. <laughs> I, I love that. And I think, you know, I find sometimes parents will say, um, oh, you know, please help a child. I don't want them to be a fussy eater like me. And then there's already alarm bells because obviously if mom was particularly fussy or challenged with mm-hmm. different food flavors during pregnancy and breastfeeding, there's obviously less exposure. So I always say to mm-hmm. to mom, you know, your your feeding therapy starts with you and <laughs> you need to get your yeah. head around that broccoli and that next next um, yeah. flavor that you need to get used to. But uh, I think it is a fun journey and I like the way you say that. You know, it's yeah. about fun and it's about just experimenting and it doesn't have to take a lot of energy. It really just needs to be just being aware of of trying mm. something different. And I think that's yeah. really exciting. And, and I think just, like you like you said, you know, I think especially the moms that are picky eaters themselves, which I, I'm not a very picky eater, but it doesn't also have, mean that you have to go and, um, you know, make these foods that you have to hold your nose and try and get down. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. you can really be creative with it. And obviously within what you can stomach, but you mm-hmm. can add flavors and you can, you know, cook it in different forms and, mm. um, you know, there's different ways to get exposure. It's not that you have to kind of force yourself to to eat these things that you really hate. Um, I don't think it's, you know, it's about that. I think it's it's about, like you say, getting creative. Mm. Um, in and even hiding, even hiding the flavors, you know, mm. like we talk about with, with the picky eaters, when you want to expose their taste buds to the broccolis and to those stronger flavors, um, you can hide them and, and you can do that as a, as, as a mom, you know, hide it mm. in your bolognese sauce. If you didn't normally add a veggie to the bolognese sauce, do that. And then your, your taste buds, and you might even surprise yourself as you get different exposure mm. to that. So just, just exactly. as we come into kind of um, wrapping up um, today's chat, I just want to talk about something that's just, can be quite contentious just with regards to allergens. Do you have any allergies to any foods at all? Um, and not now as an adult, uh, which is actually an interesting question, Kath, because I actually haven't thought about allergies. But my sister and I were, um, uh, my sister had quite a lot of eczema. Um, and both of us, I remember my mom as, as young girls, um, taking us off dairy. So we kind of went dairy free um, because we had quite a lot of like post-nasal um, and that type of thing. Now as an adult, I'm actually fine. But as a, as a child, um, that's something that, that I remember my mom struggled quite a lot with, uh, with both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we went on goat's milk and then we went on this, I remember all these different types of milks mm-hmm. to try and help us, um, but uh, it wasn't a, like a you know cow's milk protein allergy or something mm. like that. It was mm. it was more just um, the bunged upness and the sinuses. Mm. Um, I'm funny enough allergic to honey when it touches my skin, but I do eat it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, I just mustn't touch my skin, but it can go into my my body weirdly. Um, oh, but yeah, funny. other than that, no, 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 um, no okay. allergens. So I think that's really just an important thing to mention is that, you know, it's so important that with your family history of 
childhood allergies and your sister's eczema, it's really important more than ever that your little girl is exposed to all the allergens while she's in the womb. So you need to eat as many of the allergen foods like nuts and peanuts and fish and eggs and wheat and dairy and soya. You know, those are top in South Africa. Corn is also becoming really a big one here. So corn, and you really want to include those um, in your in your diet, especially in your second, third trimester. You really want to make sure you include those. Obviously, if you were still highly allergic to peanuts or cow's milk protein, we would not want you to include that. So we don't ever want to put mom at risk. So we know anaphylaxis or issues with mom. But you can, if you're not allergic to it, please include everything that you know you can you can possibly do because that will actually protect your baby. Yeah. So just for the last kind of few seconds, um, I'm just going to really just wrap up just eat healthy like you've been doing. Um, you've been having frequent meals. You've been managing foods from all the food groups. So no fat dieting. That's really important. Good starches are as important as good fats and proteins. And yeah, just to expose your baby to as many tastes and flavors as what you can do. I don't know if you've got one last 10 second, um, just little point for a mom out there. I think... So I follow quite a lot of um, uh, social or social media sites, Instagram sites where, um, you know, it's, it's moms in the same journey as what I am. And I think it's, I remember in my first trimester, I'd see these moms downing like green juices and having all of that. And that to me used to think, I used to think, oh my word, here I am sitting with my toast and here's this mom like packing in the nutrients. And I think just it's your own journey. I think that was mm. a, a thing for me is, you know, do what you can do. Be cognizant of, of like you say, the, the nutritional aspect of your, of your meals um, within reason when you can, you know, if you're feeling terrible, just go with what your body is, is telling you and what you're craving. And, and it's, you you know, you listen to your body, your body's, um, talking to you and saying what it needs. Um, but it's your journey. Don't compare to somebody else who's feeling very different to how you are, who's had their own struggles to what you've had. Um, and just go with, with what your body needs. I love that. So that today concludes this podcast on Let's Talk Baby with myself, Kath McGaw and Sammy Hammond. And we were really excited to bring you this chat about pregnancy nutrition, which is so important. But as Sammy said, you're good enough and what you eat in is good enough. So just keep trying, keep eating healthy. It's for your benefit, for your baby's benefit, but enjoy the journey and it's your individual journey. And that's most important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks, Kath. Thanks, hey. Bye, Sammy.